Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Monday, September the 14th. I hope your weekend was uh, a good one. I must say I'm uh, wearing black today. My my weekend was good. Got to catch up with a brother, sister-in-law. It was good right up until about 12 to 3 yesterday. Those who know me know I am a diehard Viking fan living in the heart of Packer country, and it was it was brutal, brutal. And so today's feast day actually is appropriate for me. Today we celebrate a feast day, Catholic friends. Uh, it is the feast of the exaltation of the cross. The exaltation of the cross is celebrated every year on uh, September the 14th. And um, I'll get into to why that is in just a bit. But so we're going to jump out of our normal uh, Lukean uh, track, and we're going to read from John's Gospel, a very incredibly famous passage today. For those following along at home, John 3, 13 to 17. So let's uh, break open God's Word, see what God has for us today, shall we? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to Nicodemus, No one has gone up to heaven except the one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That reading is so good, isn't it? It, um, oh, okay. Exaltation of the Cross. Um, So it's celebrated every year on September 14th uh, because back in the um, fourth century, uh, Helena was the mother of Constantine. Helena was kind of like Monica, praying for her son. Uh, Helena was a Christian, and Constantine was the emperor of the Roman Empire, but was not. And it wasn't until after he saw a cross in the sky, and and whether that was in a vision or reality, I think it was in a vision, and he said, you shall conquer under this sign, uh, that he goes off and he wins at a famous battle um, against another competing army for the emperor. Uh, the role of emperor, and he becomes emperor of the of the Roman Empire, and it was then in the year 313 that the Edict of Milan comes forward, and which makes it toleration. Uh, as a lot of people say, it made Christianity the religion of the Roman Empire. That is not true. The Edict of Milan merely took it from being an underground uh, religion, one that was illegal, one for whom people were martyred and killed to being tolerated. Now, that being said, because Helena was a Christian and because after that, uh, toward his deathbed, but, but clearly Constantine favored Christianity, it became the first among equals. And, uh, and so to get ahead in the court of Constantine or in others, one simply 
had to become a Christian and be baptized. Whether their heart was moved and whether there was any repentance or anything at all, uh, that was the way to move ahead politically. And so Christianity, while it did not become uh, de facto the religion of the empire, it did uh, allow and invite people to move ahead quickly because it was favored under Constantine, most certainly Helena. Why am I bringing up this story? Because Helena went to Jerusalem in the fourth century with a mission to find the cross, the cross of Christ. And what she did was had a temple that was built, um, I think it was the temple of Aphrodite, but don't quote me on that, uh, had that temple raised because tradition had it that that was the ground upon which was Christ was killed. Now, again, remember, this is 300 years after the, the death of Christ, the crucifixion close to it. And so, you know, what is tradition and legend and what is reality? They can kind of get mixed a little bit in there. But, um, I mean, think of the ground on which you walk and, and what was happening 300 years ago. I, I don't know what was happening on, on my ground. But, again, this was rural at the time 300 years ago, whereas Jerusalem wasn't. And uh, they were a people who were an auditory people, a people of storytelling. Uh, and so it would have been much more likely that what they said was true. So Helena had the temple that was reportedly built on the, on the grave site, um, not uh, over the garden, but where uh, Jesus uh, was killed. And maybe the cave too. I mean, that's, you know, it's the feast of the, or of the exaltation of the cross anyway. The bottom line is uh, it, was, it became, and after she raised the temple, uh, she had Constantine build the Basilica of the Holy Sepulchre, which traditionally is over the site of the, the grave site of Christ. So I guess I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. I guess it's, it's I don't know if the cave was that close to the site of the cross, but anyway, she had this basilica built there. And when they were doing the building, they found, tradition has it, three crosses there. And one of those, uh, an elderly person, I believe it was an elderly lady uh, who was infirmed, uh, touched it and was healed. And so that is how the cross of Christ was identified. And that cross was brought back to Rome under Helena and said to be the true cross of Christ. Now again, brothers and sisters, we are women and men of faith. And if that story, and I, and I told it as honestly as I, I can, uh, moves you to say that is true and that, that could have happened, you know, praise God. And um, if you're a bit cynical of it, that's okay too, because the feast is no less true. Now, let me be honest. The, the dedication of the Basilica of the, Sepul the Holy Sepulchre was on September 14th, which is why we celebrate this day. And then we celebrate the Feast of the Holy, uh, the Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross, not just the cross that Helena found. Because if that was the case, then we could have people saying, oh, you know, okay, I'm going to celebrate this with passion because I believe it. Uh, and, and we'd have others that may be celebrating and say, oh, I'm a little bit doubtful. The bottom line, though, brothers and sisters, is the cross is 100 percent to be exalted 100%, whether or not this one that Helena found 
uh, is the true cross of Christ or not. And I, and I want to believe it. I hope it's true because to me that would be beyond imagination that, that I could see the true cross of Christ. But brothers and sisters, our gospel today points to uh, that wonderful story in Numbers. Uh, It said, just as Moses lifted up the cross. Now remember, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. It's dark. Nicodemus didn't want to be seen. He he came out at night, you know, because he's afraid. And uh, what Jesus is pointing to is, remember that story in Numbers, where people, the, the Hebrew people are going through the desert, and a number of them are being bit by these seraph serpents, and they're dying. And Moses goes before God and says, hey, what's going down? What what do we got to do? And he said, lift one high. Put a seraph serpent on a pole and lift it for all to see. And all who look upon it will be saved. And that happened. That's true. And in the same way, he says, all that look upon the cross will be saved. And, And brothers and sisters, so again, that marvelous John 3.16, and, and I think 3.17 being equally as beautiful. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. That's the image of that seraph serpent. Lift it high and we look upon it and we have life. But remember that 17th verse is so good too. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. God has no interest in condemning. He has interest in saving. So how, brothers and sisters, does the cross save us? That is a mystery beyond me and beyond you. But I will simply say this. If it's true, and Jesus is comparing this to the seraph serpents in the desert, all who look on it will be saved. When we look upon it, we see what love looks like. We see how much our God loves us, not interested in condemning, but interested in loving, that there is no end to which God will go to show you and I his love for us, including his death. I mean, the, the Father Carl said it yesterday at Mass. He said, you know, even to the people who were killing him, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. That, that we who know very well what we're doing, because gosh darn, they knew what they were doing. But we don't understand these cycles of violence in which we are entrapped, these cycles of selfishness and self-centeredness upon which our world revolves around is, is us. We don't understand and see it. And he says, forgive them. They know not what they do. But when we look upon what love costs and what it looks like, we're reminded that God does so love the world. And they didn't come to condemn it, but to save it. As I've said many times, brothers and sisters, it's not a magical act. God didn't need blood uh, to save it. The, the, the very act of the cross is that there is no end. Not only that, but there is no end now to which our God will not go. In the creed, we say every, every week at Mass, if you say the Apostles' Creed, that Jesus would descend into hell itself to rescue and to save. Into the hell of whatever existence we have going on right now and whatever parts of us that are not God-inspired. And that all we need to do is look at the cross and exalt it. But brothers and sisters, it is not all that easy because the cross in the time of Helena was certainly no 
image that it is today. Today we use it as jewelry or see it around necks um, or adorned in cathedrals and churches. But at the time, it was a bloody instrument. It was an instrument of death. And, and so, I, brothers and sisters, we'd be remiss, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk at some level to say there is something about how it is in moments of death that life is found. Jesus says unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces much grain, much yield, much harvest. The brothers and sisters, it is in dying, as Francis says, that we find eternal life. Not just at the end of our life, but in dying now. And in lifting up the cross and in saying, there, there is more to this life than what we have going on. Because in our culture, we avoid death at all costs. And what the cross invites us into is death. And, and again, you, you know this, but death of our egos, death of our agendas, death of our control, death of our manipulations, death of our masks, death of our, our, our visions and hopes, and, and opening ourselves to the vision and hope of our God and, and his life within us, not ours. And that is where life is found, brothers and sisters. That's a hard cross to exalt. Um, but we need to do that not only on September 14th, but every day. We lift high the cross because it reminds us our God did not come into the world to condemn. There is no ends, even hell itself, he won't go to. And that it reminds us that our death brings life, life for ourselves, life for others. And uh, as Francis reminded us as well, mm, those who die the first death, they have nothing to fear in the second, nothing. Let's pray. We are in the Luminous Mysteries this week, and if there are any um, intentions, people, things that you would like to lift, invite you to call them to mind at this time as we pray the first Luminous Mystery together. So let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The first Luminous Mystery, the baptism of Jesus. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, uh, may you and I lift high the cross, not only today, but every day, uh, to see the wonderful action of our God. Uh, bless you the rest of this day. We'll see you soon. <laughs>